Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The idea that we have a mental health crisis in the United States is to give short shrift to actually what is happening. When we engage the idea of crisis, we have a crisis at the border. We have a crisis of confidence. We have a crisis in this and a crisis in that. What we are doing is trying to, or if not succeeding in overlooking what it is that causes the issue. Well, we had a shooting. We have to get rid of the guns. Can we discuss why we had the shooting? No. Oh, is that right? Is that right? We can't even discuss what brought it about. Why is it that we had mass shootings that for a very long time were perpetrated by white men? And now mass shootings are perpetrated by all sorts of people to the extent that we call them mass shootings. We have six people murdered in Nashville. We're not allowed to talk about the fact that this was from somebody who claimed to be a man when they were a woman. We have a shooting that happened to Perry High Schools in Perry, Iowa. One person was killed. They want to ban assault weapons. A shotgun and a handgun were found on the suspect. No AR-15. And, of course, a connection to an LGBTQ this, that, and the other, which no one will talk about. Now, to think that everybody who thinks this way or is associated over here or has these predilections is somehow a killer is madness. But everywhere you look, there is madness. People can't fly on an airplane without somebody losing their mind. Everybody's in a fight. There was a story of a guy who 20 minutes into his flight pooped his pants didn't just go to the bathroom in his own trousers. It ended up all over the seats. How? How does all this air rage take place? And to what extent are airlines and TSA responsible? What about road rage? What in the world is happening? What is the underlying condition? Is anybody going to address this? Just me? Okay. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. I believe the answer is anxiety. Anxiety that is fed to America. I I wish I had like, okay, here's the way I want to start this and here's the direction that that I want to go. I'll start with this. This was a table that I found uh, online and I trust who sent it and, and put it, posted it and put it my way. So I utilize it here. This is term frequency in popular U.S. newspapers, four papers 
to be specific. The New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. Never mind the politics just for a, a moment in terms of whether you read them or not. This is about the fact that we would agree that the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal would be amongst the five most popular newspapers in America. Someone might mention USA Today. Someone might mention the New York Post. These are them. I'm a Washington Times guy myself, neither here nor there. If you take a look at the utilization of the term racist, racists, plural, or racism, the Washington Post has had an increase of 361% over that decade, 2010 to 2020. The Wall Street Journal, it was 468%. The Los Angeles Times, or I'm sorry, the New York Times, it was 712%. The Los Angeles Times was 756%. So could we average it all together and say that the increase in the mentions of racist, racists, or racism was up 500%? And that's just in your local newspaper. Never mind ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, or CNN. Never mind what got mentioned on social media to you and or your children. Everything is racist. Everyone is a racist. Everything is bigotry. Everyone is a bigot. The country is a terrible country. The country is a racist country. The country is a bigoted country. The country didn't do this. The country didn't do that. Every day, you are fed. I am fed. The difference between you and I, by the way, is that I have this microphone to act as my therapy session. You are all my therapists. I should be paying you by the hour. If you submit your uh, your bill, uh, I, I will be sure to get that reimbursed. Uh, I, I don't have an address, but uh, best of luck to you. Um, <laughs> what? All of a sudden, I'm going to start writing checks to everybody. Every day... We are fed, our kids are fed, even if they're not our children, we should admit that children are fed this stream of anxiety. That everything is wrong and everything is bad and everything is chaos. And all of the things that reduce chaos, reduce stress, that bring normalcy, those are the bad things. Those are the problem things. Those are the issue things. Those are the things of what? Structural racism. Those are the things of bigotry. Those are the systems that need to be demolished that one must oppose. And if you are not opposed to demolishing the system of oppression, then you must be the what? The oppressor. Every day, the oppressed oppressor conversation happens. Every day, you're being oppressed. This is all Marxism. This is all. The oppressed and oppressor is the same as Barack Obama talking about the 99% and the 1%. It is Karl Marx talking about the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. The conversation has not changed. It is just the word manipulation of the liars and the frauds who engage it and utilize it to damage you and damage your families and increase the stress and thus the anxiety. Nothing is good, nothing is decent, nothing is right, nothing is fair, nothing is acceptable. As a matter of fact, the very ground that you stand on was stolen. This is what they do when it comes to medical students taking the Hippocratic Oath 
the recognition that they're standing on stolen land. You mean everywhere I walk, I'm awful for existing on this terra firma. Anxiety. Anxiety of everybody doing you wrong so everything you see is somebody doing something wrong to you. So when an airplane indeed is delayed, you lose your mind because you are personally being wronged. Thus, every video you see of somebody screaming like a lunatic. And maybe the problem is we all have to be our own brand. So now I have to videotape someone screaming like a lunatic as opposed to walking up to them and saying, hey, I'm a human being too. How can I help you? I know you're upset. You want to talk about it? Screaming at them won't help. Hey, I'm frustrated too. Tell me what's on your mind. Nope. World star. Got to get that recording. Got to get it done. This is the FDA's chief scientist. I I must admit, I was not uh, aware uh, that the FDA had a chief scientist because I haven't spent that much time studying the FDA, but it makes sense, I guess. Uh, Dr. Bumpus, uh, she was named the FDA's chief scientist uh, June uh, 30th of 2022. The Office of the Chief Scientist supports the Research Foundation's science and innovation that underpins the FDA's regulatory mission. It says so uh, right right here. Uh, she was the chair of the Department of Pharmacology and Molecular Science at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. I mean, this is pretty impressive stuff. A doctorate in pharmacology, a University of, of, of Michigan, a postdoctoral fellowship in molecular and experimental medicine at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla. Uh, by the way, uh, La Jolla, gorgeous. Gorgeous if you've never been to La Jolla. I want you to listen to her right here as we discuss this idea of anxiety. But another thing I think is being vocal with other students. So, There are, you know, students also that, um, you know, may not be making the environment as inclusive inclusive as we hope, and those are future leaders. I think the students, um, yes, hold leadership accountable, get faculty allies um, that will help you, you know, get to board meetings, meet board trustees, and have these conversations, but I think that holding other students accountable and thinking about the educational climate is really important, too. Now... She's not referring to the fact that when there's anti-Semitism on a college campus, you should get teachers uh, to be allies and hold the other administrators and and professors and students accountable for being Jew-hating bigots. I'm pretty sure that's not what she's talking about there. But you have to make the environment inclusive. Why? Because you're not inclusive enough. You're not thinking enough. And to prove my point, she tells a story. Now, many of you might be driving right now. Some of you are, are truck drivers. I love you. Uh, some of you are, are moms taking the kids here, there, and everywhere. Love you. Uh, some of you are, are in, the, in, in the work truck. Thank you for being here. All right, I love you too. Uh, wherever you, whoever you are, wherever you may be, you're the CEO driving to a, a, a meeting. You're heading to your favorite cigar lounge because that's exactly where you should be heading. Hands on 10 and 2. Listen. So, for instance, um, I was visiting an institution that was having a pie in the face contest, a student sponsored pie in the face contest. You got to pay 
I don't know, $20 to put a pie in a faculty member's face. And it was a medical school. So I kind of was a little bit, you know, surprised by it. And I said to the students, I said, well, you know, what happened to do no harm? Throwing a pie in someone's face, you know, that's not necessarily what we're trying to put forward as scientists and doctors. And also a pie is not, you know, nutritional food, but you're in a city, there are a lot of people with food scarcity, and here you are paying to put a pie in someone's face. It really looks insensitive. And I think that some of the students hadn't realized that, and also faculty involved hadn't realized it. And it um, when I talked to more students, there were some of them that said, yes, there is this climate among us where there are, you know, these, um, it's these kind of differences in worldview. Um, you know, you all are the future leaders. I think that having this discussion among yourselves is important. Um, but also get faculty allies and hold faculty feet to the fire. You can't have fun. You're going to throw a pie in someone's face, maybe raise some money for charity. Don't you know that that is harm? You're harming. Why aren't you thinking about the harm that you're doing? Well, they might not be to them, but what about somebody passing by? What about the harm you're doing to them? And it's not nutritious. There's a, this is a food desert. There's a food scarcity issue. Everybody's going hungry. How come you're not doing more for them? Well, I do donate my time in a soup kitchen. I do donate to a food pantry. This just sounds like fun. You think that's enough? You think it's enough to give your time to a food pantry? Everything, everywhere, you're not doing enough. Everything, everywhere, you're guilty of something. Everything, everywhere, no fun shall be had, no downtime shall be had. You can never escape it. It is like the TVs speaking in 1984. You don't get to turn down the volume. You must hear their incessant babble every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year of every decade. You must hear it again and again and over and over while you sleep and while you wake and while you bathe and while you have sex and in every other condition. You have to keep hearing them tell you you're not good enough. You haven't done enough. Everything is wrong. Everything is terrible. You're contributing to what is terrible or you're being oppressed by what other people are contributing to what is terrible. Maybe this is why we first saw it with millennials. Now we see with Gen Z. Generation Z are bringing their parents to job interviews because they can't do it on their own. They have no capacity to handle the interview on their own. They have no way, no inner uh, uh, monologue saying, of course I can do this. What's the worst thing I have? They say, no, I don't get the job. I'll get the next job. They've been told every day that everything is terrible and they are either contributing to what is terrible or something terrible is being done to them. And we wonder why they can't do a job interview. We wonder why they can't handle this thing. We haven't taught them to handle anything. And if they handle something, what if they're handling it the wrong way? What if they're not handling it in the way that the people who are above them, the elitists, have decided that it should be handled? Then they're going to be the oppressor that they have been told they cannot be. What will they do then? I wonder how many of you are anxious from the way I just made that conversation happen. The intensity... Of, of the speech, the rapidness of the words. I get it. I get it. I can feel my own heart race. 
We are a country that is filled with anxiety. And we are a country filled with those who are desperate to keep us there. How do you get your kid off social media so they can decompress and realize that that's not the world? How do you get your spouse to turn off, well, name the news channel because they have it on 24 hours a day like your parents might. And my gosh, you just don't want to have one more political conversation. I say this as a guy who understands the necessity and the need for the fight, and I discuss it with you often. But I'm also a guy who could be found from time to time in a cigar lounge talking to no one. If, if you were to go to some of the cigar lounges I frequent and talk to the staff there, I, I think that you might be shocked to learn that I, I'll say hello and I'll say goodbye, but I don't talk. I don't. Because one must tune out the madness. How else does one function? But what we need to do on top of our own personal sanity is we need to ensure that there are other places to turn to and look to to ensure that this insanity doesn't further infect the anxiety that is crippling America can be dealt with if we just decide to make it stop. Not just you and me, because we've decided, as a nation, I'm going to start discussing ways to do that. But the mental health issue in America, I think it's anxiety. And I think it's fixable. I'm Tony Katz.